I don't know if he ever takes the costume off. I don't know if he's gone all the way, if he's been neutered or not. I don't know if he's gotten to that point yet. <laughs> but he waves That's at great the question. He waves at the camera. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight twelve on this Tuesday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. So glad to have you with us. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead of Vince Petrano here with you until 9 o'clock. I've said I'm not, I'm not a soccer fan, Eric. I don't pay a ton of attention to the World Cup. That said, I would rather our U.S. women's team pulls off a historic win. I'd rather that than not, certainly. Sure, sure. So they're trying to do something that's never been done before in the history of all World Cup or just on the women's side? At win least on the women's side, three consecutive, yes. Never been done before. So they needed to draw or win in an overnight match against Portugal in order to advance to the knockout round of 16. And they were struggling. Yeah. <laughs> so there was an MVP. It was a most valuable post. Look out there. A break. A shot. Off the post. The 90th minute. Oh. Portugal tried so to take a shot. It. Yeah, that would end the game in a, in a matter of minutes or seconds after that. Uh, ultimately, the game was tied, match, whatever, tied. Uh, the Americans will now advance and play Sunday morning. Now, after the game, and I, you could argue that those who watched it, lots of, um, lots of uh, nail-biting and, and panic moments overnight yeah. for those who are watching. Some that say that the Americans didn't play very well and haven't really played well since this tournament began. Well, we have four goals over three games. Yeah. That's it? That is it. And only one win in there, right? Mm-hmm. The rest have been draws? Correct. One win, two draws, but they get to advance. And after the game, they were seen in some video, they were smiling and taking pictures with fans. In other videos, they were dancing on the field and, and laughing. And Carly Lloyd, a former player who was on the last World Cup championship team, was on Fox and she was fired up about it. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I've never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player in the match was that post. You were lucky to not be going home right now. Scorcher. So no smiling. I mean, they're advancing. They did what they came to do to advance to the knockout rounds. Are you not allowed to dance? They can smile. They just can't dance around going, woo, yay us. I think, too, because you're the two-time defending champion, this is a business trip, right? Mm -hmm. You walk in there, and first of all, you were expected to advance. So if you just did what you were expected to do and barely did that, I think her comments carry some weight in that, hey, you ought to be respectful. You ought to go shake hands or whatever. But I don't want to see smiling and dancing because not a lot to celebrate. On the flip side, you did what you had to do to advance. Right. You are moving right. on. Debbie, this bothered you? I think Carly Lloyd is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was something to be said, yes, that, you know, the dancing around, yeah, you can smile, you can be relieved, you can be, whew, but the fact that they did not dominate as much as... They were expected to, especially with Vietnam. They were supposed to be like a six-zero blowout boat race, boat race barrel exactly. Roll. But and they didn't do that, and uh, and it was like you know squeaking by with uh, with with the Netherlands, and then now with Portugal, 
just squeaking by with a tie. Ah, I don't know, but isn't that so American, though, of us? Well, no, is, they got to be I, so dominate cliche, everybody. Though. We should Come be on. killing everybody. We shouldn't be happy about it. I don't know. Like I, We can of, be happy. It's just don't be dancing around. It's like dancing on a grave. I don't think that's right. If they won nine nothing, I mean that would be more of that, wouldn't it? That that would be a. You know what? If they had won nine nothing, nine nothing, we would have dancing we around. We would have complained about that. You bet we you would. Probably would. Right. Just act like you've been there before. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> it's sports. Let's have some joy, right? Yeah. I don't know, but I I, I think her point's well taken, I, I agree. and she can say that because she's been to the mountaintop. She's been in that position, and that's her take on that as. You know, a high-level player. I wonder what they feel about that now. I wonder how the if the team the team will now get asked about that. What do you think of uh, former player Carly Lloyd saying that you guys shouldn't be enjoying this? Like that'll be the next talking point now for the next couple of days. This just in on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Carly Lloyd is amazing. Maybe she could be a distant coach. Obviously, this team lacks discipline. There's been a lot of actually that is true. There's been a lot of complaining about uh, and criticism of the coach and of the discipline. They're just they they appear a little sloppy it's not always up to our expectation okay but you're in the next round yeah Let's here we tighten go tighten it up and here we go and don't the know ne- who they play yet the next one count like yep. no more ties right mm-hmm. gotta win you gotta win and that's sunday and we don't know who we're playing 4 a.m don't know yet 817 on wisconsin's morning news new rules same old bob euchre time call now here's a penalty offside <laughs> all season long Right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Vince Vitrano here for Connect Chiropractic. Was just in to visit them yesterday. I've had chiropractic care on and off my entire adult life. I can tell you, Dr. Alex and his team at Connect Chiropractic, they do it differently. No twisting, no cracking, no popping. At Connect Chiropractic, they use a special tool to do your adjustments so they don't whip your neck around. The tool is focused on restoring nerve and muscle function. It's very precise. It's not just about making your neck and back feel better. That's why I go, although you know my neck always been already a better range of motion since I've been getting my regular care at Connect Chiropractic. But there they can also help with headaches, sciatica, vertigo, and more. You can go, stop out and see them. They'll give you a free scan when they're out at Wisconsin State Fair Park. Visit the Connect Chiropractic booth. They'll be there for the run of the State Fair, which opens Thursday in the Expo Center. Or you can schedule an appointment right now. You can do it all online at Go connectchiro.com that's goconnectchiro.com Eight twenty one, Wisconsin's morning news. Up to a high of eighty seven degrees today under hazy sunshine in your storm team forecast, and comfortable temperatures once again overnight. Windows open as will be in the sixties. Four o'clock this afternoon, an ideological shift in the state supreme court will officially occur sort of felt like it occurred in spring even though the court still had other things on its docket until the take uh, the change of the changing of the guard if you will with the newly elected justice janet protosewicz she'll be sworn in today the rotunda of the state capitol is the site for the event he'll be there we're gonna polka tonight he's gonna right big win for liberals for democrats in the state the court shifting from 4-3 conservative to 4-3 liberal in the leanings of its elected justices justices elected for 10 years on the wisconsin supreme court first major shift in the high court since 2008 so we talked with tmj4 news chief political reporter charles benson so there will be a little bit of more of a ceremony about this 
pivotal moment, uh, certainly for Democrats and liberals, to participate in what they see as a significant win and a significant opportunity for uh, some big issues that they think will come before the state Supreme Court. So more on those issues in a moment. First, uh, ceremonially, so you'll have the the actual swearing in. Um, She is replacing outgoing Justice Pat Rogensack, who officially retired yesterday. And so she'll, you know, take the oath of office. Usually that's conducted by the Supreme Court. So would it, would, would it be the Chief Justice then who does the sure. oath? yeah. So that's Annette Ziegler still, mm-hmm. who, interestingly enough, she will remain Chief Justice until they vote again on that. That may not be until next year. So you still have a conservative who is the Chief Justice mm-hmm. of the High Court. But uh, the big issues that Charles mentioned, biggest of all, of course, is the Abortion. issue. Yep, yep. Exactly. The issue that we talked about in that last election cycle in spring. We know that already in the pipeline is a challenge to the 1849 abortion law ban, and that is working its way and will eventually make its way to the state Supreme Court. So what I think what's going to be uh, interesting for observers is everyone's going to be looking at what is the pace and what will be the early signs of that pace in terms of key issues that they will want to eventually get in front of the state Supreme Court. TMJ4 News Chief Political Reporter Charles Benson talked with him yesterday afternoon about all this. What's he getting at? What do you mean the pace? What's that about? Well, Justice Protosiewicz and her supporters did everything they could to tip her hand on that abortion decision. Widely expected that she and the liberal majority will rule that the now existing abortion ban cannot stand, which would basically send Wisconsin back to the abortion laws that existed before the U.S. Supreme Court last summer overturned Roe v. Wade. That, as Charles indicated, is already in the pipeline. But what else is he talking about? Could we see, and this was predicted by conservatives who were campaigning against Protosewitz, saying, okay, abortion, we understand there's, within the Republican Party or within conservatives, there's a wide range of beliefs on that one issue. But conservatives were warning, there's going to be a litany of liberal causes that now make their way perhaps back to the high court. Could Act 10 be relitigated? Could right to work be relitigated? Things that most conservatives liked, right? Could those things now find their way back in the court system, E, and eventually make their way back before a now 4-3 liberal majority? Yeah, and one other question would be, how do you go about that, too? If if you wanted to do something on the conservative side, do you then now try to go the federal route rather than the state route, if at all possible? Right. Avoid the possibility that it ends up at the state Supreme Court right. and simply do your litigation in federal court. Think of groups like Will, Wisconsin Institute for mm-hmm. Law and Liberty, yep, yep. that file lawsuits on behalf of conservative causes. Uh, Charles suggesting that there will be, in these early months here, careful observation of all interested parties in how justice pro- to say what's proceeds in the early going here you know we often look at the uh the controversial ones that you know maybe go four three uh under the current setup but you know there are five two decisions sometimes there's unanimous decisions and i think court observers are going to be watching to see yes what does the new justice look like uh what are some of her writings in her opinions Will there be signs that she will fall in line with the other three uh, liberal justices? And or will she have a sense of her own independence? And how does she show that in some of the writings that might come out in some of these opinions? Yeah, so you read into what her writings are in the opinions. Uh, will she be writing the opinion for the majority? Uh, will she have 
opinions that concur with the majority where it's her words and she you'll get into what her judicial philosophy is and be able to read into that. You know, remember, conservatives thought they had a solid vote in Justice Brian Hagedorn when he was elected, who does more often than not vote on the conservative side, but in some major controversial high profile decisions has sided with the liberal justices. So people are going to be watching to see if Justice Protosiewicz is a reliable liberal vote every time, or could she be more of a swing based on the campaign? I would expect the former, not the latter. But, Although that's we'll what many expected with Hagedorn. Yes, exactly. So next time conservatives have an opportunity to change the balance of the courts, so this is the court we have until 2025. And then that's when liberal justice Jan uh, Ann Walsh-Bradley, she will be up for re-election in 25. Even if you had a vacancy on the court, you'd have Governor Tony Evers would appoint the fill-in. Mm-hmm. So that would be a liberal justice there as well. So the next opportunity to change the balance of the court in any significant way would be 2025 when Ann Walsh-Bradley is up for re-election. And then hope you like the campaign ads because barring, Uh. again, any early exit from the justices, we will have Supreme Court elections here in Wisconsin, 25 I mentioned, another one in 26, another one in 29, and another one right away in 30. So you're going to have this ideological battle for the bent of this high court through the end of this decade. Jazz as hell. 8.28 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. Maybe you've seen, if you've watched the Morning News shows today, you've seen these bears in China that many zoo-goers, they're at a zoo, that many zoo-goers are convinced aren't really bears. They're saying it's people in bear suits. <laughs> well, so... The video does look convincing. (laughs) I said, I'm like, that's a dude. That's a man. That's a guy in a bear suit. Because there's like folds around the back that just kind of look phony. And it's like waving. The bear's like waving at one point. He's on his hind legs, standing standing erect, like fully, like not just kind of a little bit hunched over and wobbly. Like he's just standing there. So he's waving at people. Zoo in China have been inundated with visitors now wanting to see the guy in the bear suit. (laughs) (laughs) That's generated international headlines. It's not actually a human, says the zoo staff at the zoo, denying that Angela, a Malayan sun bear, is an imposter. So it's just one of these bears? Because there are a number of these sun bears, yeah. But this one, one, I guess this one just seems to look phony the way it stands. It absolutely does. (laughs) <laughs> I was convinced if you told me that's a that's someone in a bear suit, I'm like, yep, that sure is. It's the folds. It's when it stands it's the up. Butt. It's, got, it's got these folds around the butt that just look phony. It looks like like the suit, the bear suit was a little <laughs> bit baggy there in the rear yeah. and kind of folded up. And the the face and the head aren't really moving like an animal. It's just kind of a, like a frozen fit. You know? She looks so like she's <laughs> smiling. Like, hey, hello. Hello. Waving at the crowd that's there. I would absolutely go see that bear now. Absolutely, right? Uh, so anyway, pretty um, pretty neat story. So now they're getting a lot of attention for it. So that's great. Um, so that one, real bear. That's a real bear. Then there's this dog in Japan. Why do you keep showing me this? All morning, Eric's showing me. I'm, we're working on the news. We're working on a show. And he's like, he keeps uh, moving his screen so I can see you this see dog. Again? Toko? You want to see this uh, Yeah, I want to show me the here, dog. There. Okay, so here's the dog. There's the music of the dog. Rolling over now. Yep, there's... there's that looks different than the dog you showed me this morning. That's the same dog. It's the same dog? So there's this dog that rolls around. And really, that's all it can do. It can't really walk well. Uh, and it's not really a dog. It's a man. 
it's a man in a dog suit. Why is it? Uh, a man in Coco a dog says suit. he always wanted to be a dog ever since he's a kid. Just like some people want to be baseball players, other people want to be wizards. He wanted to be a dog. So he spent nearly $20,000 to transform into a border collie. So he's got like a, a dog costume that he wears. Okay. Um, and there's video of him now recently going out with a lady into the park. And like, he can't, like, they have like a cart He's been for taken him. for a walk? Yeah. <laughs> Other dogs come up to him. And I mean, it looks like a real dog to a certain extent. Um, I don't know if he ever takes the costume off. I don't know if he's gone all the way, if he's been neutered or not. I don't know if he's gotten to that point yet. But he waves at great the, question. He waves at the camera. <laughs> he waves at the cameras, which I don't appreciate. Like if you're gonna be a dog, be a dog, but he'll like wave and, and do different things. But it's just a man in a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar costume. I don't know if he humps legs. Uh he's just a guy. Is he employed? <laughs> I don't know. And if he, so, as the I dog. I don't know or... what he does for a living, but if you search man in dog costume, I'm sure you could find the Border Collie man. And why? You, but you said he's been around for a while. Yeah, why it's is not, he back? It's not new, but for some reason recently, I don't know if the. Sometimes viral videos will return, yeah. but now he's having to respond because a lot of people have been criticizing him or laughing at him. I can't imagine why, but they're making fun of him and stuff. And he is saying, like, hey, you know, to each their own, first of all, leave me alone. Okay. This is, this is what I want to do. It's my hobby, so I will carry on. Fine. For his words. So you be you, dog man. 841 on Wisconsin's Morning News. <laughs> 73 degrees on Wisconsin's Morning News on our way to a high of 87 degrees. Bit cooler near the lake today. So you piqued my interest because there's another group that's formed, or at least maybe it's some, I don't know, collaboration of multiple groups that are talking about the future of the Mitchell Park Domes, which we have been debating forever. Not just the domes, but just Mitchell Park in general, too. What to do with that space, how to make it more vibrant, more sustainable, and make it a place that uh, can survive and be there forever. The website, they just launched this yesterday, Milwaukee Milwaukee County Parks launching this. It's called thefutureofmitchellpark.com. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice looking website. And basically, what they're trying to do is figure out a chance or an opportunity for what you can do moving forward with the domes. So the domes, it says on the site, are costly to operate and costly to maintain. While the futuristic look may cast an impression of efficiency, the reality is it's one of the most expensive properties in the entire Milwaukee County Park system to operate, and the deferred maintenance projects. Uh, or deferred maintenance projects that are necessary for us continue to keep that building afloat for pilot. It, it, basically, there's so much deferred maintenance on it, it's pretty much uh, a difficult task to be able to continue moving forward with it. If you want to make the domes sustainable in their current form, so this is without a lot of add-ons and whatever, just keep them from continuing to fall apart. Right. That price tag is on the low end, I've heard, $60 million. On the high end, North of seventy million, and those numbers are only going to go up with inflation and with time and with increased construction costs. Surplus money. Okay, zero appetite in Madison to just ship seventy million dollars off to Milwaukee County to fix up the dome. I don't know why. Whenever I think of the surplus, I always think that that pile of money sitting up in the Northwoods somewhere, like up by Rice Lake, somewhere up there, like he's. Pull back the dump truck and throw some money in there and drive away and bring it down here. Is it in an enclosed space or it's just outdoors? <laughs> it's fenced sort of? off a little bit. Is yeah. it in cash form or is it gold yeah. coins? 
Just, uh, yeah, I was thinking money that they swim. Yeah, the cash. <laughs> it's a line on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, if you go to the Mitchell Park future, the future of MitchellPark.com, they also are asking for like resident suggestions, input as they try to come up with a plan, which would not happen overnight, obviously. You had some interesting thoughts on this. Now, that the domes in itself are already a venue. They have uh, weddings there. They have other events there. Greg Matzik got married there. So, like, they do things there. And also we've seen where, like, people will go there for specific reasons, whether it's, what, the train show. You, you've hit the train show multiple times. When my times. kids were little, we would go every year. I even went this past year. My yeah. son's in his teens now. But, like, I'm like, hey, you want to go check out the train show again? Absolutely. Like old times? Why it's not? It's packed. The line's out the door. Mm-hmm. So they have that, which that brings in some revenue, right? That, sure. And then you have, uh, like, the corpse flower Different things like that. Are there more event type establishments or, I don't know, business opportunities like that where you can become part of the news cycle even more to bring people into the domes? I also think whatever it is moving forward, it has to be public-private partnership. You have a public park, but there has to be a private investment. And you have to make that worthwhile for people who are going to invest their private dollars. So that's partnering with businesses, albeit, you know, what are some models right now? What's the coffee shop on the lakefront? That's a Colectivo. Okay. Right. Yep. That's an old MMSD building. That, so Colectivo that place is, is awesome. Right. The Starbucks that's at Red Arrow Park, that's a city park. So Starbucks is paying rent to be there, or they have a lease deal where they're paying into the city. The city is also taking a percentage of their receipts. So that's a revenue generator. But how generator. much are we talking about there? I mean, well, right. When you're talking about $70 million. I know, I know coffee's expensive these days. <laughs> right. So, so it's got to go beyond that. To me, I think that'd be a great place for a restaurant. Super awesome restaurant, maybe even with access to some of the flora and fauna there. Or, you know, when it's during operator hours, you get to walk around in there or whatever. Sort of a rainforest cafe type model. Um, mm. Other things that you could do in the park that are also public-private partnerships. But if if you're waiting for the state to pay for it, you'll be holding your breath a long time. If you're waiting for the county, who just barely got this lifeline passed, to pay their basic bills, a county that has billions of dollars in receipts coming due on projects they need to replace. The safety building needs to be replaced. It's where the sheriff's office is, where the district attorney's office is. Like, not like fixed and renovated, replaced. Right. So if you're waiting for them to just... Throw $70 million or more in the budget. You'll be waiting well, a long time. Maybe we should throw a Starbucks in the safety building. Maybe help that out a little bit. I don't care. Throw them at all. There should be a co- coffee shop in every park. Well, you're limiting access to the parks then. Now people can't go if they don't. No, the park doesn't change. You can go to the park and walk around for free or whatever. If they turn one of those dilapidated old boathouses that are right now padlocked and boarded up into a coffee shop or something else where, yeah, sure, some private entity is making a buck, but also that increases just, access. It brings people into the parks. Look what they've done with if, the beer gardens. If you're, yeah, if, but if you need to give, I mean, the profit margin is very thin anyway, isn't it? So if you have this really thin profit sure. margin and then you're also on the hook to give some of that back to the, the county... I mean, where, and you're talking about, and not that it's not a good idea. Right. I love the idea about it, but is it even remotely close to making enough money? Yeah, it's not It's not a snap of the fingers and it's all that, but we have models for it existing on a smaller scale. You know, if, if we're going to save it, otherwise it's going to get bulldozed. And then, you know, we're going to put up a playground and then Mitchell Park will be what it is. So if you want to save it, 
have to start thinking big and down those types of paths. You can't do it with public money alone. Well, go to the website then, Vince. Go it is a nice, t- it's a slick website. I, the I know future of Mitchellpark.com. I love that. We need your feedback. Haven't we been giving feedback for two decades See, that's, on this? That's the thing that, that I get frustrated by is that I feel like we've been talking about the future of what to do at the domes for years. Yes. And all the opinions are like out there and stated, right? I mean, we, there's been board meetings on this, multiple board meetings. On what this. you're going to need is some leadership. Somebody stands up and says, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Follow me. And maybe it works or maybe it doesn't. But right now, all we have is this conglomeration oh, of ideas. Sweet, innocent. And the Vince. talking and <laughs> the blue people. ribbon commissions <laughs> and the websites and the committees and the group to do this and the assortment uh, of folks to do that and the I, parks I, people and I the friends of this. Naive Vince thinking that, <laughs> that there's going to be some leader that's going to just. Somebody from somewhere. Stand up and lead. <laughs> 8.51 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. The forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. On our way to a high of 87 degrees today, we'll have some hazy sunshine and then partly cloudy, warm, and humid tomorrow with a pop-up storm possible and a high of 86. I didn't ask for them, but getting a lot of suggestions on what to do about Mitchell Park and the domes in general. There's some good ones in here. So Jim and Oconomowoc, coffee at every park? Nope. Tacos at every park. Okay, right. that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. Coffee shop was sort of a general idea, yeah. but whatever that public-private partnership is. Greg and Greenfield, legalized pot, tax money pays for all of these projects. Food trucks, area rentals, music rentals, anything we can okay. rent from and generate revenue. And then Jeff and Fox Point, gladiator fights in the domes just like in Mad Max. <laughs> Two men enter. <laughs> One, One man, man leaves. leaves. Yeah, you know what? There probably would be some entertaining people that would go and watch that, right? Steve Scafidi, Sandy Max in the house here as they are set to launch WTMJ now at the top of the hour. I would watch that. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Monsters Blood. Why not? <laughs> let's, let's do it right. Let's gladiator up this thing. It's going to bring new meaning to the corpse flower. <laughs> I tell you. We're well, putting the corpse well in corpse maybe, flower. Maybe it'll smell more, too. Uh, we are going to do a, a political hour in, to start the show. Most of it. Uh, we'll get to some fun stuff as well. But the uh, the big day, Politics Wisconsin Supreme Court. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. There's court shifting. We spent some time yesterday talking about the process and what's going to happen today. It's like, what is the big issue that most people think this court should focus on when they get to work with the swearing in of Judge, Judge Justice Janet Protosiewicz. So, so the one that's that is was the only thing people talked about for the election was well, well, conservatives tried to push the crime issue, but obviously it was abortion, yeah. and that's already on the pipeline. As we were talking to TMJ 4s Charles Benson about, that. like that's working its way through the courts. Everything else will have to be brought at some point. There's three pillars: abortion, obviously redistricting, and the third one is election integrity and the rules for elections. And I'm going to argue in our conversation today. Whatever we're going to do, let's make it as easy to understand and as easy to administer for the clerks in the state because we've had a lots of back and forth in this three years of election nonsense slash hijinks slash shenanigans slash complete BS slash election officials and, and candidates and electeds acting like fools. I'm ready to get past that. So hopefully that's part of that process. Oh, sweet, naive Steve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you get Optimistic past it. is what I would say. A key to me that I'm looking to the courts for, whatever that be, it is rulings so that we don't have things that are so op- open to interpretation by individual clerks. 
in individual counties and municipalities. Whatever the rules are, lay them out and make sure they're the same for everybody. I also don't like boutique rules about when you can start uh, absentee balloting, what those hours are. One community can have polling places all over the place. In another community, you have to see if the clerk can schedule a time for you at his or her house like what are and that's real but, but the, it also depends on the congestion in those counties though, sure. right a population has to play a little milwaukee bit of county a role. is not the same as barron county right. I yeah. understood. you have to have more polling places in, in a city like milwaukee than compared to some rural area in northern wisconsin that's why i know the sense. rules and i want them to uniform and fairly uh, administered but early voting can be standardized ballot yes. boxes going to do it or not do it those are, easy, I think, easy decisions. Are we going to or not? So we'll discuss all of that and what the big issue is for people in our 9 o'clock hour. WTMJ Now is up next. Now. First, the business headlines. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Sari Lask. We don't need another hero. 